Are we recording? We are recording. Hey, everybody. That's how, I don't know if you, if you listen to the Penny Arcade podcast, but I've, I've listened to them a lot lately. And that's how they always started. Are we recording? Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Yeah. So this is rule set update E. We are updating rule set E. So that it will now become rule set F. Rule set F. Uh, that is the naming convention. I'm positive. Uh, on this uh, <laughs> on this week's episode, I, I, I don't, or this, I don't know, it's not really an episode, this, I guess. On this update. between episode, This between episode, we will be adding a rule. I will be adding it via the audience because we did have a, a suggestion via email. Thank you, audience. I will be removing a rule, mm-hmm. and Kevin will be changing a rule. Yep. Um, so just to, should we review the rules? Um... Or I, I think by this point, people probably know enough about them. And if you don't, uh, go to github.com slash badphilosophy. Yep. Like that slash rules. That. Slash blob slash master slash bf underscore rule underscore set dot md. <laughs> that one. That's the whole website. That's it. That's the URL. So we always start with like a, a review of how did we do on our current rule set with the last three episodes. And also, okay. how did we do with the last three episodes? Yeah. We had guests on two of them. We did. So that's better than nothing. It is. And we will be posting the, uh, the lyrics uh, in, in compliance with the... Uh, the punishment. The fail rule. Yes. <laughs> BF tag fail. Hash, mm-hmm. Hashtag BF fail. So let's see. We had episode 160, Some Prime Philosophy. Which we had, we got into... Uh, yep, that's, that's Felicity and her tree That's egg. Felicity Jeez. and her tree egg. She's super excited about those treats in her egg. We had episode 161, Zero to What? Yeah, that one was an episode. And then we had... I forget what we what title we figured out uh, for 162. <laughs> we haven't even posted the episode yet. <clears throat> um, oh, Plain Old Smut. Plain Old Smut. Plain Old Smut. That was a good episode. Episode 162. It was. We, which we violated the uh, time rule. Oh yeah, we went super over. Yeah, um, which I think was fair. Like I think we earned that. We needed to do that for that one. So, episode quality wise, I feel like some prime philosophy we got. uh, We got um, Brent Summers tweeted at us like, "Hey, that's interesting. You'll took on gender." Yeah, I saw that. That Rave of you boys. Yeah, I don't know who Brent Summers is. Mm. Is he important? He, um, I met him. He was a marketing guy who reached out to me during the sign language phase. Okay, cool. uh, I don't know. I, I did an interview with him once, I think. I just but, I always assume people who tweet us are are strangers, so it's cool that someone like importantish yeah tweeted us. Thanks, I'd Brent. Say, I'd say Brent is importantish. I treat all my fans the same, which is to say, who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had uh, Danny on uh, zero to what, and I think that was a good a, a good intro to some of the um, l- let's say unaddressed issues in startup culture. Sure. Uh, granted, there is a lot of self-analysis and self-reflection in startup culture, if you know where to look. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it happens on Medium. You get sort of these, like, it's almost like a genre. It's like these catharsis posts that go viral. Um, like, like the truth just sort of pokes through every now and again. And and then people, like, feel real good about themselves for a short period of time. And then they just keep on doing what they've always been doing. Um, yeah, I, so, I think so. Like everything else, yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but I think our episode touched on a few of the of the broad mm-hmm. 
broad issues there. And then 162, I learned a ton about fan fiction. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's lots to learn. And we, I think, I think honestly, we only touched the, the beginnings there as well. Oh, so much. Um, even going over as much as we did on that episode. Um, I'm sure there are entire podcasts about fan fiction, and we totally should have included some links to those now that I... There is, there's one I know of, um, which is, I believe, semi-ironic, which is, uh, it's hosted on Nerdist. By the way, do you feel like Chris Hardwick is a fake nerd sometimes? I wish which I is knew. Such a, which is such a judgmental thing for me to say. Like, I know that, deep in my heart, that it's I shouldn't no, feel that way. It's the no true Scotsman fallacy, right? It is. Um, it totally is. And it's it's not even... It's not even fair, especially considering that, that that judgment is made against women most often than any other. It right? is. The, the fake geek girl stereotype, which it's so problematic. So I guess I should I should revert my statement and say, I don't like Chris Hardwick. Okay, that's, that's acceptable. Um, yeah. I don't like his podcast. <laughs> I don't seem to like him. He might be a nice guy if we hung out, but he rubs me the wrong way. Um, so does Tim Ferriss. A lot of people really like Tim Ferriss and his podcast and everything that who's, he's done. Who's that one? Uh, Four Hour Work Week. Oh yeah, um, no, that guy. That and, guy rubs and, me wrong. Too. Yeah, and the Tim Ferriss podcast. Yeah, like, I didn't know he had a podcast. I mean, uh, I'm not surprised. It really. I mean, he's one of these people who there there is like genuinely good stuff that's coming out embedded in a lot of just self-aggrandizement. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> like I just can't take it. It's it's like the pill, you know. So, uh, Nerdist hosts competitive erotic fan fiction. Okay. Um, which I listened to about 20 minutes of before I stopped on a single episode. I See, here's the thing. I wish I knew enough about Chris Hardwick to have an opinion. But That's I, fair. But I just don't think I've seen him enough. Um, I mean, I think, honestly, I think Nerd, the Nerdist podcast does a very good job of, of portraying all the things I don't like about him. Okay. Um, so what do you get, like, condensed... Well, I mean, so his pod, I mean, it started as a podcast with yeah. him and like four other, three or four other comedians, um, who eventually got famous enough they could start interviewing famous people, mm. um, which is cool. Um, there's a lot of comedy inside baseball, um, um, and and Chris Hardwick is a comedian, mm-hmm. um, and he he's a stand-up comedian, I think first and foremost. And he, he comedies a lot about things that are kind of nerdy, but he also does it kind of in the same way that, like, Patton Oswalt does, which is to say, like, tangentially. Oh. Um, or, like, At Midnight or something. Yeah, like well, he of... hosts At Midnight. Oh, that guy. Okay. That guy. That guy. <laughs> yeah, Chris Hardwick hosts At Midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. Um, um, I, really I agree with you. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I would not have... Here's the thing. The way I came... So I came at Chris Hardwick through At Midnight. Sure, sure. Not knowing he did The Nerdist. I would have pegged Chris Hardwick as, like, an outside guy who they hired to play a nerd on <laughs> on at, on a show about the internet. Yeah. That's... So, that's <laughs> it, I see that feel. Yeah. I know, you know what, you're, like, what you're getting there. So, yeah, he's definitely, he definitely tips more toward comedian than toward nerd yeah. for me. And, and he's, so. and I don't, I don't like his comedy. No, um, he, always, he just seems really angry all the time. Um, or, like, this sort of um, weird, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, it's, it's not really anger, 
so much as just you're just shouting a lot. Yeah. Like, and and using that like well, and, medium and the, to the be podcast funny. has a has a huge amount of yes anding escalation, which is which is comedy inside baseball, which I got from this stupid show. Totally. Um, but sort of in, in improv, one of the big things you do is you say yes and. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you never deny sort of thing. You take something and you say, Keep rolling yeah, that's it. what it is. And this is what happens because of that. And yada, yada. Yeah. Um, and in, in certain comedy circles, that becomes kind of this feedback loop of how can I push that to the next level? And mm. then, and then, and then. Yeah. Um, but and, not all things should be escalated. And it just, it doesn't, <laughs> it, it feels like it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I, I have trouble with him because of that. I don't think he's that funny. I also feel sort of weird about my dislike of Chris Hardwick because he's really good friends with Will Wheaton, who I really like. They used to be roommates. What? Yeah, they used to live together. Um, oh, it's a weird thing. Um, no, which the, the flip side of that is I know people who really can't stand Will Wheaton, um, who read him as as uh, a jerk or as full of himself, um, which is weird because I don't get that at all. Um but that's, you know, different strokes. That's, yeah. that's the nature of celebrity. I, I can't stand him when he tweets about hockey, but I think he knows that. And, and, and we, he has a blog people. post, yeah. like, don't follow me. Right. <laughs> on Twitter. I tweet a lot about hockey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also think, like, I think tabletop has done a lot of good in the world, mm-hmm. um, particularly for my hobby of tabletop gaming and making it more inclusive and, and interesting to people. Whereas I don't feel the same thing can be said for Nerdist.com. Oops. Um, so well, yeah. now that we did a five-minute rabbit trail yeah. on Chris Hardwick. Uh... Chris Hardwick, everybody. He'll <laughs> never be on our podcast. Yeah. I almost feel bad that we gave him that much attention. Should I edit that part out? No. Okay. Leave it in. We'll leave no it editing. In. All right. Well, let's get on to the rule changes then. Um, since I'm changing on behalf of the audience, mm-hmm. let's do that first. Uh, or adding on behalf, adding of, the, on behalf of the audience. Adding on behalf of the audience. So we had uh, an email from uh, Natalie Menache. Hopefully we're pronouncing that correctly. I'm hoping so too. It, it came the email de l'origine. <laughs> so I'm thinking it's French. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think Natalie is probably not the French pronunciation of that, but whatever. She suggested that we try to imitate one person that we have met, uh, their, their way of speaking slash behavior in our life during an entire episode. Everyone on the show imitating. It's a good idea, yes, and that would be a, a very, very big challenge to do for an, <laughs> an entire episode. Um, so if you'll uh, permit the compromise, Natalie, we are going to add this rule as uh, sort of like the linguistic labyrinth Instead of 10 minutes, though, it will be five minutes of us doing our best to authentically embody someone we have met in our lives um, with, you know, no, no uh, offense to them, right? We're not trying no, to, no. to satirize them or, or, is that the right word? Satirize? I mean, potentially. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's also possible that, that we may use this to satirize somebody as well. True. But I don't expect that to be the case. Like, I, I want to come from a place of authenticity. Right. We don't want to... Um, create merely a caricature so yeah i like that so that will be the uh that will be the rule added uh next i've got to remove a rule oh this is gonna be a hard one um oh (laughs) i'm gonna remove the uh frequency rule (laughs) (laughs) okay that's not what i was expecting Uh, but that's fair what were you expecting 
We'll leave it for another time. Um, okay. So we don't we don't have a dedicated frequency. Well, I mean, the idea being we could uh, we could post episodes more often if we wanted. Let's, yeah. So with it, okay. Not necessarily got to remove list. it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I feel actually. I'm just going to remove one that feels redundant. Okay. We we talk to each other and to the audience. <laughs> I just, I don't see how that rule has had any influence on the show. So I kind of want to make room That's for fair. other possibilities. Like, <laughs> it's just a thing that we do. It, it, was, it was more descriptive than proscriptive, yeah, if that makes fair. any sense. That's fair. Right? Um, sort of like the We Assume listeners have heard at least five recent episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's a little more prescriptive. In terms of what we can, what that we can work on, it's more like follow how we talk, that. how we talk to the audience, right? So, yeah. but simply that we talk to each other in the audience feels a little bit too low level. Okay, so okay. Uh, I will be removing the address rule. Cool. By the way, this is much easier now that I added like short names. To all Yay! Of them. And then Kevin, you get to change the rule. Yeah. What you uh, will change? I'm going to uh, I'm gonna make a, a big change. Something that's I don't think been done on Floss, Bad Philosophy for a very long time. Dun, 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 dun. Um, Stephen will no longer be hosting every episode. Oh! Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna see how I can do for at least a few episodes. Bo, bo, bo. Uh, we're gonna make Kevin host the episode. Kevin will host. I have every no idea episode. what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and. This will make a little bit more sense um, with with some explanation, <laughs> but it also is a perfect rule change. I thought I thought it I thought it fit. Thank you so much. Kevin. Under the circumstances, that's a really good choice. So I I am I am still working on how to tell this story because it's it's a big one, and how we tell stories matters. It does. Just like uh, to digress while you think. <laughs> um, no, Felicity. It's going to be hard for me to multitask. Fighting. Um, Especially with you, like I posted, I posted a video on Facebook, um, and so you might have seen it. But there was a um, so there's a new Steve Jobs movie coming out, directed by somebody, written by somebody else, written by. Um, it's not Sorkin anymore. It is. is it? I still think it's still Sorkin, um, but it is also um, starring famous people like Michael Fassbender. Anyway, huh? Um, apparently, the script script leaked. Or a oh. casting notice leaked, or something. I don't know. I haven't read it. I haven't looked at anything there. Okay. Um, but it was pointing out. But an interviewer pointed out that there were ten members of the original Mac team. Um, something like seven men and three women. I, yeah. I could be slightly off on those. There's that famous photo of them in a pyramid. Them. Yeah. 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 Um, in the new Steve Jobs movie, all of the men have speaking roles. None of the women even show up. Seriously. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> So how we tell our stories, how we yeah. tell our stories is important. It is. Um, Speaking of Sorkin, by the way, yeah, um, I just randomly in the uh, Whole Foods checkout line today. Ran into Aaron Sorkin? No, ran oh, okay. into uh, the actress who played Donna Moss. What? I know, <laughs> and it was it was really strange. Did you, did you react? Did you go? <gasps> I, or did you just like? A, it was like across the way, yeah. And she seemed really tired and like well, a job, little bit. The job takes a lot of work. I guess, um, a but it was, it was one of those moments where I like did the double take and I was like, that's not, I don't even know the actress's name, which is, bad I don't either. Me. I'm like, bad I don't, don't want to go up to her and be like, be like Hey, you played Donna Moss and I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's I didn't have to Google before we, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was one, anyway, weird connection. That's cool. Um, so Steven, 
oh. leaving the country. And then uh, the second one is um, I. It was it was uh, one of the guys who played the the doctor. Um, I just like passed on the street today. Like the, first, the doctor? Yeah, like the in the the first guy in the reboot. Um, Chris Eccleston? Yeah. You ran into Chris Eccleston? I just I passed him on the street and I was like, wait a minute. Chris Eccleston? <laughs> and I Chris couldn't Eccleston? remember. I couldn't remember who it was at the time, but now that's... like thinking back, it's like, oh, that's who that was who looked really, that's really funny. And he's like, he's shorter than I thought. I'd believe that. Yeah. So both Chris Eccleston and the woman who played Donna Moss are in town for some reason. Science. I don't know. Speaking of science, <laughs> Bill and I the Science Guy is on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Not all of it, just like 20 episodes. But oh, they should put the whole thing up. It's a collection. Good. They've been doing that for a long time. Like, Good Eats has collections now, not whole seasons. Uh, but Well, not every Bill Nye was great. But no. Anyway. Not, not every Good Eats is great, but enough of them are that I own all the books. <laughs> But stories and stuff. Steven, you're so leaving reason, the country. I'm leaving the country for a short time. Uh, gosh, I you know, I don't talk about my personal life much on this show. I, occasionally, maybe. Yeah. Um, I've been working for a startup here in town for a few years. Um, about a year and a half. Right? Actually, it was it was just under two years um, following my, my stint at the Apple Store. Mm-hmm. And uh, I left that company in January just it was going a direction i didn't like and i wanted to try something else and i didn't really have a something else in mind so i've been like reeling for a few months after that and kind of you know i tried a few different things and you you know if you've listened to the show for a long time that i am one of those like weirdly um i act really superior and i'm an omniscient <laughs> and and am utterly impotent like when it comes to being able to affect anything that I am aware of. Uh, and I think we talked about this a little on one of, it was either on the rule set update or, or some episode, maybe a year ago, mm-hmm. how, when you sort of, you get to a certain point in like awareness of the world and you're like, crap, I want to change something. Yeah. But there's, so, it's so complex and so weird. And you get that, um, like walking into a jelly store with 200 varieties and you're like, I don't, I don't know how to make a decision. And you just moonshine sort of jelly. That's the decision. <laughs> well, I guess I found my moonshine jelly then. Uh, <laughs> I was about to go and become a JavaScript developer, which, you know, boo. Yeah. Of course the world needs another like young white male JavaScript developer these days. Actually they need three, but you'll have to do. <laughs> um, and I, I just, I've been doing it for a little while and I, I guess we started recording this show Actually, this is not a coincidence. We started recording this show the same semester that I dropped my physics degree. Hmm. Uh, early two thousand eight. Wow. Yeah. So that was an, that was another like transitional year yeah. in my life, uh, or transitional time where I I refocused onto something that I realized that was much that was much closer to my heart, mm-hmm. and that was that semester uh, was very difficult for me because I was, well, it, it was, it was cathartic extremely, Yeah. but um, I was also dropping my physics degree and then I didn't have a philosophy class to um, kind of compensate for that. Mm-hmm. So hence the, the rise of bad philosophy. Yeah. But it was also like, Hey, there's this thing that I, I'm much more passionate about than physics <laughs> <laughs> and it's the, you know, bullshitting about the big questions and, hanging out with other people who are interested in doing that kind of thing. So, yeah. um, 
similar to that period in my life, like I, I had like a visceral reaction to doing math and physics that took me a few years to process. Mm -hmm. And it was this idea that I, or, or this, this, um, I noticed how I was beating my head against the wall and, you know, make, to make par. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like I wanted to do this stuff. It was, oh, I have to do this and I'm going to put many, many hours and time and struggle and energy into getting up to par. Mm -hmm. Whereas with, with philosophy, I found through the, the couple classes I was taking, it just, it sort of came natural. Like I was, I was just sort of go, able to go in there and, and a lot of, in a lot of college philosophy is just that like surface level bullshitting. <laughs> but I, I do seem to Whoa. And, and there, but there's something behind it for me, I think. Yeah. There, there's, I have this mode of, you know, questioning. and So I, I've, that just being an example of like, hey, here's, here's a thing that was right in front of me the whole time. Yeah. And I had to, to feel that uh, physical uh, reaction to change. Mm -hmm. And I had that same feeling come up recently when I started going into the Maker Square Code School. Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh my God, this is what it was like to do math and physics in college. I'm doing, <laughs> I'm, I'm being the same sort of way. Yeah. So I, I stepped back a, a bit before I really got into that and looked at, you know, my awareness of kind of the ills of the world, um, how we're, we're really at this, this crucial point in, in, in my opinion, in the opinion of many uh, others out there in humanity's history, where we so far we've been we've been escalating escalating growing 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 for 200 300 ish years and even farther back if you if you look at some others and for some people this is a good thing right it's kind of the religion of progress uh kurzweil and the rest of the transhumanists singulatarians yeah. what do we call them yeah transhumanists is a good umbrella term yeah they believe it's all like escalating toward it's like we're, we're gonna take off yeah. right like humanity or whatever our species becomes will like we're gonna hit detach from... and then the vulcans are gonna fly by and they're gonna yeah. be like oh a warp capable society we should stop and say hey right and then we'll join the uh international community and by international i mean intergalactic intergalactic and I think, you know, he, he provides some compelling evidence that there is a trend so far mm -hmm. in that direction. I just don't see that trend continuing because we, we, we have a limited amount of oil on this planet. And most of what we've been able to do so far is because we are burning highly concentrated energy that the planet built up over millions and millions of years, hundreds of millions of years, mm -hmm. out of the, you know, compressed biomass of... Dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs, plants, like all of this over long... Dinosaur years. plants. So we're, we're burning... Coming to you soon in Jurassic World 2. Yeah. Uh, which looks good. Well, Jurassic World. <laughs> Jurassic World 2 is when the dinosaur plants come out. Oh, gotcha. We split dinosaur DNA with plant DNA? <laughs> now Just don't walk within five feet of that Tyrannosaurus Rex. That T... T-Rex. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Anywho. Okay. So it's sort of like we're, we're this... Humanity is like this uh, rich kid of Instagram who got a trust fund and decided, I'm just going to burn all my trust fund money. And not, you know, figure out how to get a real job and live for a, like live sustainably in balance with the earth. At, at the best estimates, we have like 80 years left of oil. And that's if we use all these terribly destructive methods like fracking that mm -hmm. cause earthquakes and, you know, 
emit radioactive waste and water that catches on fire and all this other stuff. Technically, it's not fracking that causes the earthquakes. <laughs> it's wastewater injection, which is which is a byproduct of fracking. Yeah. <laughs> you can frack all you want, just put the wastewater into space. Because uh, <laughs> that's efficient. So, suffice it to say... I'm aware of, of these factors and <laughs> many, many groups and people that I, I respect and agree with show where we are. So the question becomes, well, what should we do? And that was really the big tipping point that I reached in about early April. And it's, it's this notion of, well, okay, what is the alternative to using fossil fuels to do the really basic things that we need to do as, as society, right? What do we need? We need food. We need company, you know, support, uh, shelter. Oxygen. And, I'm big on oxygen. Yeah, oxygen's pretty important. And uh, and those things all need to, to kind of reinforce each other in a, in a system that doesn't require a constant input of energy mm -hmm. to sustain it. Well, it turns out nature has been doing this for a really long time. It went, hey, there's all this, like, wind moving around on the surface of the planet because of all this energy coming in radiating from space thanks space to this power. thanks to the day ball right day star the day star <laughs> and uh and oh yeah there's a lot of mineral and water resources on the on the planet so like we all these all these living organisms evolved to work in concert with each other and predator and prey relationships balanced out and different sizes of shrubs and trees and grasses interacting in various ways. And, and, and all these ecological systems were able to evolve to sustain themselves in, you know, for millions and millions of years um, and evolve and change in, in this beautiful dynamic process. And then we kind of came in with our, our petrochemical fetish and decided that tilling was <laughs> more efficient and, uh, you know, bringing in, petrochemicals to destroy all the insects was necessary and all these other things uh, and forgot that there were ways of working with ecological systems that our predecessors uh, in various parts of the world had figured out um, agri more sustainable agricultural systems so it really for me grew out of that of like okay this this is a thing that's right in front of us that is going to be part of the way that we move forward so what are you going to do about it, Stephen? So I'm going to go study permaculture. What's permaculture? A uh, well, what's what's the definition that I like recently? I don't I don't know. So I'm, I'm reading. I'm asking you. There's a uh, there's a book by well permaculture in in general is just a uh, collection of ideas for working with ecological systems rather than subjugating them. Uh, and this, that work can take on a lot of different forms. It can be technological, it can be social, it can be uh, ecological, uh, but generally it's um, how do we live our lives, um, nudging natural systems, uh, accelerating them, uh, dancing with them in such a way that we are um, able to, um, to work together rather than you know, bringing in a bunch of energy inputs, you're just working with what's available. It's a, it's a general philosophy of resourcefulness. And so uh, my Kindle is locked up, so I can't get to the definition that I wanted. That's okay. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of people working on it. 
movement started in like the 70s. It's really grown all around the world. Um, a Japanese farmer named Masanobu Fukuoka wrote a book called One Straw Revolution. He surprised a bunch of people in the 70s when he, on his own, managed a rice farm without any tilling, uh, without any fertilizers, without any, without, with a minimal amount of work on his own part, like physical labor, and was able to produce yields equivalent to the rice farms near him who were doing all of those things. So folks were like quite astounded by his methods. They asked him to write a book, and it basically boiled down to watch what nature does already and work with it. Don't try to force it. Mm-hmm. And so permaculture grows out of that. So I'll be, uh, I'll be traveling to study this uh, in Scotland initially and then around Europe. Um, I'm getting a permaculture design course here in Austin, uh, but we don't, we don't have a lot of huge um, like village-sized projects here in Austin. We have more garden-scale permaculture projects, and there's, not, there's only so much that I can learn by being here. Mm-hmm. But after this journey, I want to bring back that embodied knowledge here to Austin. And probably along the way, I'll discover a lot of things that, that I never anticipated that I would. In fact, I hope I do. Mm-hmm. What this whole thing is for me, um, to wrap it up, sorry, I've been very long-winded <laughs> in this. What, what, this thing is, what this thing is for me is a way to be that is, that is different from the way I have been. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I, you know, I com- complain about this stuff on the podcast and know a bunch about it and read a bunch about it, but how I'm living my life is really where the rubber meets the road. Cool. Well, we're going to wish you luck. Thank you. You're not you're not going to be gone from the podcast because internet exists in a lot of places in the world. It certainly does. Pretty sure Scotland has the internet now. <laughs> I didn't get independence, but they got the internet. They did they did get the internet. And so I'll be uh yeah, Skyping in I guess and Kevin will be arranging for guests and I'll uh I'll come join. Yeah. I didn't know hosting involved arranging for guests. Damn. Well, I, I have a, I have a <laughs> Damn <few>. it! <laughs> Should have changed the rule to something different. Oops. Actually, I mean, we've kind of been sharing that. No, it's, so. I, I'm over. Um, but I have a few ideas. I, I want to invite um, I want to invite Karen Litvin on, who's written about uh, permaculture and eco-villages. And I'd like to invite uh, Toby Hemingway, maybe. I know he's a white guy, but <laughs> he wrote one of the um, one of the best books on applying permaculture in gardens mm-hmm. uh, so far actually um david holmgren if, if we can swing it would be an excellent person to, I don't know to bring that is either. he's he um initially permaculture was a, a concatenation of permanent agriculture mm-hmm. and he kind of dropped the agro part and he's like these are principles that can apply to culture in general like hmm. the idea of creating a permanent culture how can we how can we structure our lives and our societies in such a way that they can be permanent yeah um so he would and he's much more high level than uh bill mollison's like uh backwoods australian like agriculture guy okay <laughs> and he's he's kind of the other progenitor um yeah th- so so i want to try to bring some folks on it and and really like it's philosophical uh, sure in, but in like in in the way that uh i guess it's applied philosophy Mm-hmm. Uh, permaculture goes okay observe systems but also interact with them that's one of david holmgren's principles uh i feel like in general philosophy gets a bad rap for being like way too descriptive and not uh, active enough 
like you were talking earlier about the, the Harry Potter alliance. Yeah. Like, okay, we'll go from you're a reader of the book to what are you going to do about it? Yeah. What are you going to do about the things you believe because you've read yeah. these books? And that's a, that's a big question. Mm -hmm. So for me, and there's a lot of ways to be active. I, I'm not saying this is like the best choice, whatever, but this is where I am in my life. And these are the questions I want to ask. Cool. And I'm still working on telling the story. I'm only a month and a half into this, so. <laughs> you haven't even left yet. I'm just at the beginning. <laughs> I leave June 19th, by the way, which I'll hope to get up the episode before that happens. Okay, so that's, uh, that's, that's our little set update, everybody. Bye, everybody. everybody.